Welcome to this first podcast of Year 7 of Wi-Fi, which is to discuss our latest report, which is called Keeping a Face for the World. It's an analysis of women's experiences, journeys and outcomes whilst on caseload with Wi-Fi. The report was created by our research and evaluation team, and the peer research for the report was carried out by our co-production team, as well as members of the Wi-Fi network. Um, I'm Mez, I'm the co-production worker for West Yorkshire Fine Independence. Mark Crow, I'm uh, the research and evaluation lead uh, with Wi-Fi. Hi, I'm Simon, Simon Dixon, and I'm the involvement lead for Wi-Fi. Hi, I'm Eve, and I'm a research analyst at the research and evaluation team. So Wi-Fi has been running for just over six years and we wanted in year seven to look at some of the themes that we'd identified uh, early on in the project and that were still relevant uh, in terms of some of the uh, more strategic considerations. Uh, The themes that we picked out were uh, working with women, working with offenders and children and young people's experiences. The first two, working with women and offenders, were themes that we picked up uh, right at the very beginning of Wi-Fi. And in fact, we put in some specialist work in the first two to three years of the project to try and understand needs uh, better, uh, try and understand Uh, what the outcomes might be uh, and to try and see if there were particular ways of working with those two cohorts that would prove to be more more effective uh, because the perception was that their their experiences would be not as good as as the general population in Wi-Fi. As as we came to the end of the project the the issues uh, and the experiences of women and offenders have come back up the agenda in terms of um, some of the national work that the 12 Fulfilling Lives projects do jointly, particularly the National Expert Citizens Group and the National System Change Action Network. So these are are timely reports as most of the other projects are still continuing their service delivery and they're helpful to uh, point and direct some of those other projects nationally in their final years. What we wanted to do with the report was actually take a a look some of the work that we've done historically. We've not just supported individual beneficiaries directly through navigators but we've also run some specific projects and undertaken specific bits of research around groups of the main beneficiary cohort. So in terms of women we ran a, a kind of action learning research project through our partner at the time, Together Women Project, to look uh, largely at the experiences of women who were, had been in, um, in prison, uh, in the local prison, which is HMP Newhall. We also ran a series of pilot projects, uh, and they were a housing first project in Leeds for female sex workers. Uh, with multiple needs, an abstinence house 
for women with multiple needs in Kirklees, support for sex workers with multiple needs in Wakefield, and then another housing support project in Bradford and a mental health and wellbeing project in Calderdale. The latter two were um, open to everybody. Other opportunity that we had was that we'd got six years of consistent data for our beneficiaries. We had 823 beneficiaries uh, altogether. So we'd got a really good, robust, large data set that we'd be able to do some, some decent statistical analysis on. In doing that, we, were, we would be able to look at what people's needs and levels of need were when they entered the project, how long their journeys took, what services they used while they were on the project, what their outcomes were in terms of progress against the assessment tools that we use, which are the Housing Outcomes Star of the New Directions Team Assessment or the Chaos Index, and whether they had a planned or an unplanned exit. What was also really important was to be able to get the voices of people with lived experience into to kind of illustrate that and, and really amplify some of the learning that we picked out from the numbers and to help us understand really what the experience was like in terms of being able to access services or what made a difference when they did access services. So we, we sort of took a three a three-way approach. We looked at the data, Eve looked at the literature that we generated and she'll tell us a little bit about that and Simon and Mez led on gathering evidence from people with lived experience who are in the Wi-Fi network. So Eve, that was really kind of one of the first things that you you set out to do was to to try and gather up all the all the documents that Wi-Fi produced on the issues that women experience and their needs. What 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 sorts of things did you look at and what did you find? Well so like with the help of Jeff, a lot of help from Jeff, our previous employee, he um, really point, pointed me in the direction of women and like their needs and how a lot of services we found, like we do, they don't even necessarily need to be gender specific. Um, they just need to be like trauma informed and person centered. So like because, because of that, I think we, we kind of expected that the women's and men's differences in the Wi-Fi beneficiaries would be really, really different. And then, well, Mark, you'll know, like when, once we like looked at the data, we kind of, I remember you saying that we, it wasn't actually that different. And I think that's because we were like, kind of thought it was because Wi-Fi is person-centered anyway. So we were already considering like the women's needs and how they were different to men anyway. So was um, that a surprise to you, Eve? Yeah, like I think, I think, I can't remember, what was it specifically, Mark, that we thought would be really different and it wasn't even, it wasn't actually that different? Was it just the, the general, the outcomes and the planned and unplanned exits? Yeah. It and, turned out with the same. Yeah, but then if you look at literature from outside of Wi-Fi, Mark pointed me in the direction of the Corson report and this and this report was basically about how prison services are built by men for men and really highlighted that women are traumatized in completely different ways to men and were 
probably internalize it a bit more and maybe you know look to substances to help in coping mechanisms which is why we found that like for non-violent offenses it's just not useful to send women to prison what was interesting when we when we looked at the overall population of women that they tended to do as well or better than men when they were on wi-fi but the evidence from outside wi-fi was generally smaller more specific studies and it was telling us that women did worse so we were trying to square these two opposing views what we then did was we dug down into the data set because we had enough data to do that and we could look at specific areas of women's experience so where there was a really big contrast was in where women went to prison during the course of their wi-fi journey and this was one of the the really the key findings was that they had much worse outcomes and the costs of that prison stay were astronomical by comparison to people who didn't go to prison. Then we, at the same time, we were looking at offenders with our colleagues in Newcastle Equivalent Project and the Nottingham Project. And as part of that, we did a deep dive into why women were sent to prison. And they were sent to prison for really trivial offences basically they were they were administrative offences if you like they were being recalled because of uh, breach of curfew and things like that they weren't they weren't a risk to society and they weren't they hadn't committed serious crimes at any state but they ran the risk of these interruptions to their recovery journey which actually didn't help them and didn't help society, and it cost a lot of money. So that was the standout difference that were masked by the large data, uh, but became apparent when we looked in more detail. I guess um, from a co-production point of view, what, what was really important was that um, our objectives for year seven um, were to um, get the network involved in, in peer research and also um, to link in with work that the NECG were um, interested in. And as you've already mentioned, Mark, that this, this work was an ideal opportunity to do that. Uh, and so, um, as we've mentioned, Jeff, our previous um, our colleague that was with us previously, um, got us involved and uh, trained the network in the elementary basics of peer research. And it gave us a, a real opportunity to, to, to get involved in so um, what we what we did was after an initial training session was link this work into some work that Mez has been doing on the co-production team with the Northern Women's Network and getting a network of women together in West Yorkshire and decided to uh, put together a small focus group where we could um, work with you as a research team in building the kind of questions that we needed to ask to generate the, the data from the voice of the women in West Yorkshire. That focus group was put together by MES and the questions were, were co-produced and the focus group took place and the data was gathered through that group. MES, do you want to say a little bit about um, how you did that and, and how that worked? Yeah, so we started off with um, doing a bit of training with Jeff and we talked about like open and closed questions and um, leading questions and probing and stuff like that and a little bit of training on how to do the research which some of the network members was involved with as well i think jeff came into one of the network meetings and sort of talked a little bit about what sort of questions we'd like to ask the women or what sort of things they should be asking so we've got a bit of an idea 
um, we did a research group, so it was quite informal. It was a nice day in summer and we had um, some sandwiches and we went to the park and we sort of had a bit of a, sat in a circle and sort of had a bit of a chat and it was quite informal. Um, we did some of the questions uh, which later went on to the report. And I think some of the stuff that the women, it was a lot to do with parenting and access to services for parents, women and stuff. And there was also touched on like domestic violence and stuff like that and how it can be if you're going into a service that isn't necessarily for, for a female or for families um, and you can bump into the person that you've had domestic violence with or when you've been, when you struggle with that domestic violence, you can sometimes uh, be intimidated by somebody that's a bit sort of with that bravado and stuff like that. So you can be quite frightened. Also, there was stuff like getting intimidated uh, if it was gyro day or um, tapping SIGs or wanting to use your phone or wanting to know your score off, you know, that sort of thing were going in services. Um, it was that we also touched on the stuff to do with offending. And I think Matt touched on it a little bit about the um, vicious cycle that it don't work and that in the, in the long run, rehabilitation would cost less than the prison, going back to prison for petty offences and going back to hostels and using again and being around people that use and just getting in that cycle again where it don't work. So like in the long run, cost would be less for rehabilitation. So we got talking about that and we got talking about like mutual aid meetings and daycare meetings and stuff like that. So there's daycare, smart, mutual aid meetings, all that sort of stuff, which is you can't access if you're a parent with small children because there's no childcare, you can't afford childcare. Um, there's no childcare in the, in the premises and you're not allowed to set your kids there as well. So we sort of touched on that as well. And then we're setting up a women's, we've been, I've been doing the Northern um, women's stuff, which is with um, Newcastle and Gateshead. And we've been discussing the Dame Carol Black stuff. So we've been doing a few questions off that and we're getting service users from different places to give feedback on that. And we've also started a West Yorkshire women's meeting up for services to come along to follow the findings of the, re the report that we did with the women's stuff. So hopefully we can make a change or say what's working and what's not working in services. It's been a really good... Um opportunity for the network a first opportunity for the network to get involved and dip their toes in this and in terms of process it's been really um useful as a way for the co-production team and the research team to link together because what what we did with this was that the um, the recording of the the transcripts for of all this data that was gathered through this focus group was given to eve um, and Eve was able to link that work into the research and into the, the, the work that she'd been doing um, through the reading and the connection of other reports. So we really found this to be um, a, a really productive way of getting the voice of lived experience linked into the academic research. And it's the first time that we'd actually done this um, through the network in the project. Um, but it's the first of three opportunities that we've got working with the, with the research team. So the whole of this process was really, really valuable for, for us as a, as a group of people. And what's come of it is not just the data for the research, but as Mez is saying, this is linked in to the fact that there's now um, a group of women who are really active in network activity. 
And not just that, we've been able to feed the information back through into the NECG, the National Expert Citizens Group, um, to show that the work that West Yorkshire has been doing and also to provide them with some important um, findings and learning from our project here in West Yorkshire. So all in all, um, I think that it's been a really good process for the co-production team. When I started, the women's um, focus groups had already been done. So like a lot of the stuff that um, the women in the focus group said, I like, really had value because it, I kind of took it and like explored it more in like wider research that's like nationwide. So all the stuff about children in services led me to reports about like the likelihood of of children who have parents with multiple needs are way more likely to experience multiple needs in adulthood. So it, it was really useful for directing me in the really valuable stuff that does need to be explored. And I think the fact that um, like network members talking about it should, like shows that. That's a really, really good point. I think the things that Mez described that came out of the, the focus group really did help drive the report and the report's quite different to a lot of the reports that we've written previously. We've always focused on the areas that Wi-Fi was set up to look at in people's journeys, homelessness, addiction, reoffending, and mental ill health. It's an area where there's a, there's a gap in the data for uh, quite a lot of the things that Mez described, domestic violence we don't systematically capture that data children and the impact of on children or the impact of children on beneficiaries journeys and the impact of of being a beneficiary on people's children as well was not something that didn't figure largely at the beginning of the of the project so it's been really illuminating to get those, to get that that angle and that perspective on on women's journeys and i think it's it's really borne out that's one of the dis, one of the the distinctive areas that women experience that really needs addressing not so much by wi-fi but by the services people go into as a result of them engaging with wi-fi in the and, long run and i think that that comes on to another point about you know where, where this is going next um the fact that the network's been involved and the fact that the research was circular in some ways that you went back to the network mark and fed back through both at a meeting and also through in writing to 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 say where this work had gone and what had happened um, and all that kind of process has led to a, the next stage which is a group of, of women in west yorkshire saying okay what are we going to do with this research now and it's about taking that report that step further and about how linking all these things together has allowed that to happen from a research perspective that is uh, one of the joys of working on wi-fi is that you you can look at stuff you can write you can write a report and and then somebody will always say so what and i, I was bemoaning the fact that i can't ever really get rid of any of my reports when i finish writing them because somebody always says well you know you wrote down these recommendations how do we put them into practice what do we do next how do we know whether they've made any difference now, that is really really important I think, you know, yeah, I mean, Mez has outlined where the outcomes of this research 
are going in terms of people with lived experience and where, where the network's involved. But I'm taking the findings from this report and feeding them into a piece of work I'm doing with Public Health England on guidance for drug and alcohol services for diverse communities and marginalised groups, which includes women, includes people with multiple needs. And so that some of the you know, the narrative is going directly into that, what, what effectively will be government guidance. Eve, you looked at uh, a lot of research papers, uh, academic and otherwise. Uh, how do you feel that the whole, that the, that the women's report stand, stands up against those pieces of work? When you're reading pieces of research by, you know, Baroness Corson and all these like researchers um just really know what they're talking about and uh, professionals in their field and have a lot to say but then I also think well that is always a bit like oh well it's just our report from Wi-Fi but then I think we've all worked really hard on it we've all had a lot of things to say on it it's come from um network members that have lived experience so why like why couldn't it have the same impact as reports like that and I think I think because because I've just started, I have found, and especially on this research team, I have been a bit like, oh, I just thought like we'd hand it in, and that would be it. Um, I didn't expect for us to kind of be promoting it this much, but it is really nice, and I do feel quite proud to be part of it. And I, I don't see why it couldn't, you know, be noticed by important people, which I hope it is. I was quite passionate about this subject and really enjoyed doing the work with it. And I think uh, for the voice of people with lived experience more so, you know, that was really, to, and, and like stuff about like work and, and, and expectations and stuff like that, but what realistically in recovery you can do. It was really interesting. I, I really enjoyed this piece of work. It was the, the powerful kind of testimony of the, the women who contributed really drove up those other environmental factors. What this report is saying is, look, here's a batch of evidence and it's been carried out and we've mapped it against other evidence. And, and this is what it's telling us. Really, if you've not got a Wi-Fi service, if you've not got a navigator service for women with complex needs, then these are the things that you need to do in other services to help women access them on an equitable footing to men. This has been a really interesting and important piece of work um, and it's going to become a really useful tool for organisations working with women and for women themselves. I agree, Mark. It's been great to be a part of the research, the report and the podcast. It's great to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It was good to be part of it. And I'm excited to see what happens with it and if it can make any change. I hope listeners to the podcast will take the messages from the research forward in their own partnerships and their own organisations. Thank you.